Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is retired Lieutenant General in the United States Army, former National Security Advisor. Uh, you've heard him on this show before, and I'm sure you've seen him on Fox News. Please join me in welcoming General Keith Kellogg to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Uh, the general, of course, has served uh, as national security advisor. And, uh, but more importantly, uh, during the Vietnam War, he served in the 101st Airborne Division. Uh, and uh, he was a uh, special forces officer, special forces advisor. Uh, it was during his time in Vietnam that he earned the Silver Star, Bronze Star with the V device and Air Medal with the V device commanded the 3rd Brigade, 7th Infantry Division during Operation Just Cause. And it goes on and on from there. Uh, he was in the Mojave Desert, and uh, he has, guys, let's just put it this way, uh, he's walked the walk. So, welcome, General Kellogg. I want to talk uh, this week about the drone that was taken down by the Russians and uh, the implications of it. Let me first start by giving you my impression and, and tell me if, if any of this makes sense to you. Uh, to me, it was a direct act of provocation. Uh, it was not an accident. And I think the fact that uh, it was an unmanned drone, uh, you know, gives us the ability to uh, not take it as seriously as we might have had it been a manned drone. But it's my understanding that we ultimately took it down. Is that correct? Yeah. First of all, Judge, thanks for having me on today. It's always great to be with you. Well, we didn't take it down. Really, when the uh, Russian aircraft actually hit and it damaged the propeller, it it came down because it was a propeller-driven a UAV, it's called the Reaper. And it was clearly a, uh, an egregious act by the Russians. Look what happened just yesterday. The Russian military and the Russian government gave medals to right. both of those pilots flying those aircraft, which means they were really proud of what happened. And they were flying the, the Reaper, the, the drone, the unarmed drone, was flying in international airspace. Now it was probably gathering information like it's supposed to do in, in that area and probably looking down because it was in the Black Sea region, probably looking down and being able to try to gather some information. Uh, on what's happening actually in Crimea, uh, intelligence information, which, which is okay. That happens to everybody. But th- they took it down, and to me that was an egregious assault on, on U.S. Uh, US aircraft. It, I don't care if it was manned or unmanned. And my frustration is that when you listen to what uh, Judge, what uh, you had Lloyd Austin talking about, the Secretary of Defense and then the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, it was almost like, oh, that's no real big deal, and he sounded like a bureaucrat. Mm-hmm. Instead of sounding like the Secretary, the Secretary of Defense and the leading military officer, the principal military advisor to the president, which I would say, like, we're not going to tolerate this, and, and we shouldn't. We didn't tolerate it before in the Trump administration, and they shouldn't in this administration either. You well, know, when we lost a drone, a judge, uh, in, the, in the Gulf, we went to all hands on deck and brought congressional leaders in as well. So this is a serious incident. 
Well, it is a serious incident, but, uh, you know, they're not taking it so seriously. My understanding, General Kellogg, is that there are Sidewinder missiles on these drones, even the unmanned drones. Do we know whether there was one on this one? And could it have responded? There there wasn't, Judge, and it it takes a rule of engagement to do it. You can arm those, the Reapers, all the UAVs have the capacity to do it. We actually developed that about five years ago. During the when we were flying them around Iraq and around Iran, that you can put what's called an AIM-9X. AIM's AIM stands for Air Intercept Missile. Mm-hmm. You can put those missiles on board on the rails um, of a of a drone, and then what you do is you create your rules of engagement. And that's what the, the military calls it. That if those aircraft are engaged by an enemy aircraft or an aggressive aircraft, then the operator who's actually flying the drone, which is an Air Force officer. Uh, in Romania, who's flying this one, can release the the uh, AIM-9X against the the target, and that would send a very clear message. And that's what I would have done. I would have, if I was a Secretary of Defense, I would have said this. I picked up the phone and called Defense Secretary Shogu from the Russians and said, "We are now going to arm those drones, and we're going to tell you right now that if one tries to engage one of our UAVs, he has uh, weapons free to knock down your jet. Now, if you want to do it, fine." But I'm just telling you right now, you do it, you do it at your own risk. The idea, General Kellogg, that they were actually dumping fuel on the drone and, you know, flying in front of the drone. I mean, that to me, is that's like degradation. It's like an insult. Well, Judge, that's kind of an understatement on that one. It's more of an insult. It was like this is kind of in your face. You know, it's like it's like a dog doing something on a fire hydrant. That's exactly what I thought, General. And I didn't want to say it. It's like someone peeing on your stuff. (laughs) <laughs> exactly right. And I mean, hey, you know, it's just it's an insult to Americans. And we're the, if we're supposed to be the world's greatest superpower, the best military in the world, then we ought to have the leadership behind that that does it. I mean, you can't have the great aircraft, great men, great men and women in uniform and all the great systems if you're not going to use them and if you're not going to threaten to use them. And we didn't do it. And then, of course, what happens? And that's what I said at the top of the show there, the fact that that they awarded these two pilots medals for being, yes. the, you know, which also here's what's going to happen, Judge. It's just going to increase their ability to do that because they said, well, look, we got away with it. They didn't do anything. Right. And we're going to do it again. We're going to do it well, again. everything, everything is a test. And, uh, you know, but the amazing part of it is no one owns the Black Sea. We've been operating in the Black Sea for, what, 15, 20 years? I mean, where did yeah. they get off? Well, what happened is we withdraw all the warships. And now the problem you run into because of the Montreux Convention, you cannot re- reintroduce those warships because the person who owns the passageway, the Dardanelles, is, is the, are the Turks, and that's Erdogan. And he allows people in and out because the convention allows him to do that. So once we withdrew those ships, which was a huge mistake, we should have put, been able to put those ships back in there, and then we'd have fighting vessels in there because the only now real military that is in the Black Sea is, in fact, the Russian Black Sea Fleet, which is mm-hmm. actually quite large. Um, and, and so we don't have an ability to react in there. So now that the drone's down there, we can't even go find it because we don't have the assets to do it. Well, uh, you know, the truth is that um, we are we are giving a lot of our military equipment to Ukraine. So then we get to the issue of, you know, you, you said we were the number one, you know, military uh, power in the world. As we give more and more of our, you know, M1A1 Abrams tanks and, and, and all of the other stuff to Ukraine, we are diminishing our own supply at a time when it looks like, you know, we're engaged in this proxy war and Russia is now aligned 
aligning with China. Um, you know, none of this looks good for us. But but I think that Russia, haven't they been minimized in the eyes of the world, that, that military incompetence and bad leadership? I mean, you know, they can do what they want, but they they are not the superpower they think they are. No, Judge, that's actually absolutely right. And I remember at the start of this war over a year ago, when all this went on, and as a U.S. military officer of, of any organization and, and actually of any and nationality, you fight on what's called principles of war. And there are certain principles of war. They call it mass or surprise or simplicity or unity of command. There's only so many of them out there, and the Russians happen to violate every one of them. And it just shocked me when it happened because they said we would have been told all along how good they are and at the command level of violating. And, and here's what's kind of interesting. When when you when I dug into it and started to look at it, the guy that was actually that caused the, the Russian military to kind of downsize was this guy Gerasimov, who was equivalent to their chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And of course, it's, it, come, it comes full circle because he's now the last standing commander commanding Russian forces in Ukraine. And if he goes, I mean, there's nobody behind him. I mean, he, he, they've all, they've gone down to their last real general. Mm-hmm. They fired five of them before. And this is the guy who brought the Russian military to where it's at today because he totally misread the battlefield. And then when they committed the force that they committed them to, you know, one of the things they should have done, and, and, it would, would, and that's when I made a comment about a year ago, what you do is you, quote, wait the main attack. And the main attack should have been destabilize and totally eliminate the Ukrainian government because if they had gotten to Zelensky and, and been able to capture Kiev, then the, then Ukraine would have fallen, and that they didn't do that. Maybe they didn't do that. that, and and the amaz- the interesting thing, General Kellogg, is that we are becoming the cause of Russian of the Russian army demise. Curiously. Uh, but that doesn't mean that China isn't going to back up Russia. Where do you see us with respect to, uh, you know, the the uh, alliances that seem to be forming as we kind of put our toe in the in in the war in Ukraine? You know, and, and I'm just going to ask you a question. I mean, had we acted sooner, this could have been over. Yeah. You know, first of all, Joe Biden is talking about bumper stickers. You know, when you talk about as long as it takes as much as it takes. That's not a strategy, and and nobody can tell me and the, where the end state is because they haven't declared an end state, what it looks like, and that's a real flaw in this administration. They haven't been able to do that, and, and the Congress should challenge them on that because it, it, how does this thing end? How do you plan on ending this thing? All right, General Keith Kellogg, I want to thank you for joining us this morning on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Keep fighting the good fight. We appreciate your sharing your insight with us, General, really. Thank you so much. And up next on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, we're going to be speaking with political activist and radio talk show host Charlie Kirk, who's been in the news this week. I got to tell you, folks, the left is going crazy over this guy. They will do anything they can to destroy, defame and malign him. But uh, Charlie Kirk is on next right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 